0: sunshine, rocking the good time with all our friends, easy and carefree, out in the summer breeze, loving a simple thanks for
1: hours on end, right about sundown, we lay on the ground, count on the stars as they come out one at a time, ain't this
0: a sweet life? Hey everybody, I'm X Factor winner Tate Stevens, and welcome to the Sweet Life Podcast, where we talk about everything from music, sports, food, entertainment, entertainment, and, well, just living the sweet life. All right, man. Uh, today's episode, we're going to get into this um, kind of a, I don't know, been thinking about uh, different things since haven't been playing a lot of music lately. Um, you know, coming out of the COVID thing, and then everything's starting to kind of open back up, so we're going to start playing more, obviously, but... Uh, Influences like your your influences and inspirations, um, and and why we play music, mm-hmm. um, why you play guitar, yeah. why do you sing, why do you do that? You know, um, who was it that in your life, or or not maybe not even somebody in your life, but somebody you heard and you listened to, and and you're like, man, I, I want to emulate that. If I can play the guitar like that, or if I can do this, I, this is what I want to be like, sound like you know uh and all that. So that's that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um we all, we have some things uh, some other things we can we can uh, get into some kind of topic things uh um that's going on right now. Uh so we'll get into all that uh in this episode. All right. Well, um what do you want to start with? you want to start with some topic things and uh, kind of get that out of the way? Or what do you want to yeah, do? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. First and foremost, the tragic passing of Mr. Wonderful Paul uh, Orndorff. Man,
0: okay, so, dude, for the people who are wrestling fans out there who listen to this, um, man, Paul Orndorff, I mean, he, he had such a big presence in wrestling for so many years. Um, even when he, he tore his – remember when he tore his bicep? Or whatever that was off his shoulder, he came back and his arm was a little different, mm-hmm. but he still wrestled. I mean, he still. Oh, yeah. Yikes, man, it's crazy. Yep. Crazy. That's sad. You know. Uh, do you remember how? What this, How old was he? Oh, I don't even remember. Um, those guys are passing. You know, more and more, um, and, and they're not that old. Had to know. be had to be late sixties. Yeah, probably. I'd say late sixties, early early seventies, maybe. Yeah, probably. You know, yeah, from sixty five to seventy years old, probably in there. Yeah. But you you think? I mean, you know, sure. There's the guys who go earlier, you know, uh, because of whatever they kill themselves or have a heart attack or whatever. But uh, you know, it seems like more and more um, every year you kind of hear of a few more of those those uh, wrestlers passing that we grew up on
1: yeah yeah it sucks man getting old once you start getting old these people that you looked up to and watched as a kid they all just start, keep going, start and, going man. and and like that in music also yep. you know it seems
0: like every every few months another one's gonna go and it just it's sad so yeah yep but you know whatever it is what it is and we're gonna be one of those people one of these days yep so
1: all right what else you got there Oh, shoot. Uh, the Conor McGregor fight, man. <laughs> now, did, did you get to watch the fight? No, I just
0: I watched. Uh, we were actually at the lake when it happened. So oh, that's we right. Have, so um, I did watch, we watched after the fight, you know, all, yeah, all this the, stuff. Re, yeah. And I watched the replay. Now, look, Conor was losing that round. He, I think he yeah. lost a round, and, which is okay. I mean, he gave up his back and all that stuff. So I get it. He lost a round. Um, but he wasn't getting beat up. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the dude was just beating him up. Yeah. Um, he. Um, well, oh gosh, the other fighter, uh, uh, Portier. Portier. Yeah. He said when he checked one of his kicks, he thought he felt something, and yeah, he felt something. And and um, I, I, I'd have to go back and watch, but he, I thought he said he pointed at Connor, like when he checked his kick, he kind of pointed at him, like, hey, I felt something. You're you're not good. Yeah, and then like threw a punch, missed, and Connor stepped back, and then snap. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then okay, so he snapped his leg, falls down, and his legs just foots just flopping. Like the dude couldn't see that, and he jumped. He started pounding Connor's face, <laughs> trying to hit him in the face when he was laying on the mat. I mean, I well, get that's it. what you do. No, I, mean, I know, you know, but but still, I mean, there's 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 a. I don't know. I thought anyway, whatever. It is what it is. Um, the my favorite part, my favorite part. Look, Connor McGregor, I, I think is uh to the UFC what like Floyd made Floyd, Floyd How can I say his name? Floyd Mayweather <laughs> was to boxing. You know what I mean? Talk talk trash mm-hmm. and back it up. Yep. You know what I mean? Um and probably the he's probably the richest UFC fighter. Yeah, you know, at this point. And he will draw bigger crowds than anyone. You know what I mean on pay-per-views. If Conor McGregor's on that pay-per-view, you'll have more people watch it. Yeah, you know what I mean he's just that guy. Um, but you know while he was laying while he was on the mat waiting for him to come get him out of the ring and everything and and just t- still talking trash, you know. And then he told he told him that he was like, "Yeah, your wife's in my DMs." <laughs> That's
1: my favorite part.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, that sucked. I mean, I. I was thinking that this was Connor's up, you know, his his coming up again, you know, uh he'd been batter, battled some injuries mm-hmm. and the loss and all that. So, you know, I think I thought this was going to be his fight where he was going to come out. But I, I mean, you know, things happen and, you know, obviously he just he stepped wrong or maybe he it did break in a, you know, fracture in it when when he checked that kick and then you know, stepped back just wrong and snapped it. Could have been. Could I mean, who knows? Who yeah. knows? Or it could have just been a weak bone. And, and now, they're, uh, my my son was saying that they're talking about how um, the, the athletes are, are taking drugs to um, prepare their bodies and and recover faster from different things, and they think it could be weakening their bones. Could um, be. You know, who knows? I mean, I don't know if that's if that's a real thing. Uh, there could be a doctor out there listening going, yeah, that's a real thing, or no, you, you're an idiot. Uh, don't believe <laughs> You know what I mean? But, I mean, they have to take certain things to help them. Sure. I- I'm going to be honest. If you get punched in the face and kicked in the body and elbowed and kneed and thrown down and choked out and all that, I mean, it's not good for your body. You know, no. none of it is good for your body. You know, um, so they—I'm sure they do take things, you know, yeah, to help them recover faster and yeah. and get their bodies going again. I mean, that's a beating. Your body takes a beating in them mm-hmm. things. You know, yep. oh, the the uh, other thing you wanted to talk about was the Marvel. Was it a Marvel movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Black yeah. Widow. Black Widow just came out this week. You know, I, we were just talking right before this. Um, oh, late
1: last week, yeah,
0: yeah. We were just talking about this uh, thing and. I'm like, I didn't know who she was. I'd watched several of the Marvel, but it didn't really explain her. You know, I knew she was a Marvel person. Yeah, like a, I don't, I don't think you watched them really that closely. I didn't. Probably not. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I fell asleep through most of them. But, uh, well, that's good. I mean, at least I'll explain. You know, I'll have to watch that one. Then I go back and watch a few of the other ones she was in. And so I would realize who she was and why yeah. why she was who she is, I guess. Um, uh, you know, in that same thing is uh, the Black Adam movie with with the rock in it. Mm-hmm. And that's a Marvel movie, right? Is that Marvel? Or is that Oh, that's DC. that's DC. That's a DC movie. Yeah. And, and okay, so that right there in itself, DC, Marvel, like if you're a DC fan, you know, they're like, Marvel movies suck.
1: If you're a DC fan, they're like, man, DC's the yeah, best. I don't know if very many DC fans can back that up. Well, I mean, look, dude. <laughs> so it's... far, the the Marvel movies have just completely crushed Well, yeah, DC but movies. I'm just
0: saying that you have those DC comic book guys, and you have the Marvel comic book yeah. guys, um, and they'll argue which one's better and all that. Uh, but, you know, I'm still my, – Batman's my favorite oh, still. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where he is. Is he uh, Marvel or is he DC? DC. Yeah, he's my favorite. I don't care. I just – because I mean, he doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah. He just has all homemade tools yep. and he's a badass. So that's why I like him. He's got a badass tool belt.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he's a ninja. And he's a ninja, dude. You can't beat him up. <laughs> he puts the damn suit on and and it's like he's in, in you know, he shoot him, he you know, laughs, scuffs it off. Like, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like scuba diving. If you've never, have you ever, have you ever tried scuba diving? Being Batman is kind of like scuba diving. No, listen, you know? <laughs> listen, I'm, I'm talking about putting on the suit. I'm talking about putting on the uh, suit. Okay. <laughs> so, have you ever wet scuba? You, no, never no. Have, so, oh, never okay. Have. So, Hayden and I are certified divers, right? <laughs> and That's it's funny. kind of funny because you put this, you put your wetsuit on. It's yeah. kind of like a Batman suit, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, a wetsuit. And you get all your stuff on, your BCD and everything, and you get your fins and all that stuff. And when you're in the water, you feel like, at least I do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm I'm like invincible, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm oh like I'm good. I'm not scared of anything. It's like nothing can hurt me. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know it's it's weird. It's like a weird. Well, it's that's a, very much not the case. <laughs> no, no, not at all. You're still you're very vulnerable when you're <laughs> yeah. under the water. But yeah. but that's I mean I'm I'm just relating that to my Batman suit. Yeah. That's like my Batman suit.
1: I put you should it get a scuba suit that, that looks, looks like, like Batman. Batman, dude. Well, mine's black. and I guess mine's black and red.
0: I wanted black and yellow, but they didn't have it. So mm-hmm. mine's black and red. Which is probably not good to have black and red. Because that means I could look like a bleeding walrus. <laughs> yeah. And like a big whale or shark could come up and like, oh, I see red. You know, and want to <laughs> bite me. I don't know. Probably not good to have. My For, uh, yeah. Anyway. Whatever. So, all right, well, that's good. I mean, I know we kind of went off on a little tangent there with my wetsuit and Batman, but talking about Marvel, we went completely the opposite way. Yeah. Oh, well, it is what it is. Yes, sir. That's good. Yeah, man. That's good. Well, listen, today, I I mean, you know, thinking about, uh, I don't know if you think about this, but I do a lot. I think about why I do, why I play music and why I love music so much, uh, to me music is a, is, is the, the best, um, it's like the best food for your soul kind of thing mm-hmm. to me. That's what I think. Uh, I don't think there's, it's, it's like the best drug you can get, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, uh, it, it's, it, it, helps people. Obviously music helps people and, and, you know, uh, can put you in a better mood or a worse mood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Kind of help you through the hard times if you're having them or, or, you know, just make you feel like you want to party and have fun. Uh, so, but, I think about why I do this and why I love playing music and entertaining and performing, but I also think about why I started doing it. Right uh, for me, um, my my dad obviously was yeah. my first influence mm-hmm. in the music business or in in the mu- in music. Uh, he was a musician, obviously singer and all yeah. that. Um, so I think, as most kids, you kind of want to be like dad. You know, like that's your first hero. Well, at least for me, like my dad was my first hero when yep. I was a kid, right? And I think most guys are that way or, or kids that are that way. I think growing up with him playing music and and that was my first introduction into, man, I really like that. I remember um, listening to my dad's band play. I would lay my head on his pillow. He had a pillow and his kick drum. And I'd lay my head on his pillow and his kick drum and I'd go to sleep. I remember wanting to play the drums because he did, Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember they they got me one of those little uh, kids drum sets. You know, has like a a little drum, a kick drum, and a little cymbal in the middle, and two little Mm -hmm. things. And uh, I broke it within five minutes because I was playing. I was actually playing the drums. And, you know, my dad taught me a couple little rhythms to do and things like that. And, and I was playing them and I was hitting them and they were breaking in the paper because they were just little paper heads yeah. and I was like, pop and just put a hole in my thing. And I'm like, you know, so he went and got me a better kit, uh, you know, a little later and, and, uh, so then I could, he was just teaching me how to play. Sure. And, and then the singing part as well, my dad was a great singer. You know, uh, very, very, like, um, he enunciated all his words, mm-hmm. you know, very... Kind uh, of uh, almost Ray price Very, very Ray Price. Very Ray Price-esque. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's kind of funny because I got a lot lazier the older I got with the singing. <laughs> uh, but, but I tried uh, to, when I was a little kid, I wanted to sound like... I wanted... That was because that's what I heard the most... Um, when I listened to my dad, that's what he did, you know? So I tried to kind of do that up until a certain point until, you know, my, the music that I call, you know, my music, you know what I mean? Um, uh, kind of kicked in and then I heard other voices and I'm like, Ooh, that's really cool. Uh, so I think for me, very first off, I think my dad was the, was my, was a big influence on music for me. Um. Uh, plus, he introduced me to that great country music, the stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, the Haggards and, the, and sure. the Gene Watsons and the John Conleys, he introduced me to that. Um, and then I was able to kind of go from that into what I call the country music that I grew up on. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would say for, for me, my dad uh, was a big influence back then, you know, at young. That was my first influence, Right. Do you, have, do you have, like, a first influence, kind of, or this
1: is? Well, for me, because my grandpa played. Right. He was a musician, and he played, like, <clears throat> he played in church and stuff like right. that. And that's really um, church music was yeah. pretty much my first, like, influence. That's the first thing I really knew. That's what I grew up with playing. Now when you say
0: church music, are you thinking talking about hymnals and gospel stuff or are you talking about worship music? Or I guess well, I
1: guess it's all the same. L- but yeah, but, a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 Mostly like Southern gospel type stuff. So your your grandpa for you in that yeah that's well kinda... my grandpa gospel music, but my first like real like thing that I heard that I was just like, oh man, was uh uh the Gaither Vocal Band. <laughs> Dude wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow With Mark Lowry And all those Yeah days. yeah yeah Jeez. But to this day I still say To this day That um, Michael English Is my favorite singer Of all time Really Ever Yep Really Oh yeah I, Great I mean <laughs> Dude it, no, it doesn't matter Like even Present day His yeah. voice is maybe like You know 70 75 80% Of yeah. what it used to yeah, be yeah.
0: And still But that
1: it. 75 And 80% Is just like yeah. <sighs> No absolutely you know?
0: I, I agree I
1: agree He's yeah. awesome
0: you so we we grew up on on like two different on two in two different worlds of music. Mm-hmm. I mean, up into a point. Right? Sure. So I grew up on. So I'm the youngest of five. I'm seven years younger than my next sibling. Right. I had my dad with with the uh, you know that 70s and and 70s 60s and 70s country music thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and then my brothers. They were listening to Ario, Speedwagon and, and Journey and Queen and Boston and all that stuff in the 70, late 70s, you know, in yeah. early, early 80s. So I went from country music uh, to rock, mm-hmm. you know, because when my brothers didn't listen to country music. And I've, I think I've loved Merle Haggard's voice forever. John Conley. I love John Conley. It's so different. It was such a different thing. But I when I heard Steve Perry sing. Yeah. I love Ario Speedwagon too. Huge huge Speedwagon fan. And 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 but when I heard Steve Perry, it was different. Yeah. It was a different, uh, that's a different kind of beast right it, there. Yeah, it was different it was a different thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and and I remember again, I remember being a little kid singing journey songs and Ario Speedwagon songs. You know, now obviously it wasn't doing good, but I was singing them and trying to emulate that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you know, going from that kind of older country, over enunciating my words and everything, right? To uh, you know, keep on loving you and <laughs> and faithfully, and you know what I mean. It's like there was a, a world of difference in that, but yeah. I love both. Yeah. Then kind of timeline change up until I was like I don't know 10, 12 years old, I, the the rock came different you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties you know had hair bands, and Bon Jovi, that resonated his mm-hmm. voice resonated sure, influencing the things that I was trying to do, again singing, you're, you're singing country music, but you want to sound like Ray Price and John Bon Jovi. With some Steve Perry in there somewhere, right? right. That's kind of what I was trying to do. Um, weird, uh, but wasn't doing a very good job <laughs> at any of it, <laughs> so but you know, I mean, so I can that that's kind of a timeline for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad loved my dad loved gospel, southern gospel stuff. One of my favorite singers and in, in the Gaither vocal group, sure. um, was Dallas Holmes, yeah, dude, rise again, yeah. <laughs> I still sing it to this day. Just uh, you know, just start singing it. Um, and, and so now, you take everything that I've been doing up to this point uh-huh. with the singing thing and, and this music thing, right? So yeah. you got Ray Price and Bon Jovi and mm-hmm. Steve Perry, and then you got Dallas Holmes, which takes kind of a weird turn back to a Ray Price thing. Yeah. Because if you listen to rise again or any of his songs it's go ahead yeah say it isn't me he's enunciating his words and it's like
1: oh (laughs) i love it yeah
0: but uh you said you got up into that stuff
1: now coming out of that
0: where where do you turn to
1: well it was kind of a natural progression um old uh avala coach daryl Oh, daryl cronk he uh (laughs) he kind of turned me on to some ricky skaggs music which is why i could play it's like ricky skaggs and garth brooks i could just play that stuff all night long (laughs) even though garth brooks is a jerk that comes in and steals our our, uh, show dates i hope you uh, garth i hope you listen to this (laughs) I'm gonna hold the grudge forever,
0: <laughs> a forever and ever.
1: <laughs> but Ricky Skaggs, you know, I learned all that stuff, all the the guitar playing and stuff yep. like that. And then obviously the next up um, after that was I got my first uh, Garth Brooks CD, mm-hmm. and Garth was the man. And you know, like so you're you're up in the 1990s. 90s, yes. Yep. Which in 1990 I was only seven years old. So I mean,
0: yeah. You well, know, I get it. I get it. Get it? Yeah, just a youngster. You yeah. <laughs> know, you know it's so. After about eighty, I guess it was 85, 86, Randy Travis, and then George Strait obviously came out in eighty one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of coming coming up. But George had again. George was very country, and his voice was so smooth and and had such a great um, tone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of where I started with the tone. You know listening to steve perry sing and the tone of his voice and that timbre and everything about it um and then the country thing started to become more of a deal for me again Mm -hmm. yeah um george Strait and i'm listening to this guy sing and it's like perfect it's Mm -hmm. flawless it's weird yeah like how are you that good you know it couldn't miss Mm -hmm. you know what i mean he had the look. He had the sound. He had everything, and he was singing his face off. Yep. And it was it was just like it couldn't miss. There's mm-hmm. no way it would yep. have missed. And then you get into the Randy Travis's, and for me, and I'm like, man, this guy, but again, he had, now, Randy was doing things with his voice um, that Lefty and those guys did. Yeah. You know, he would, oh, he'd do the, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. oh, you know, the drop thing and all that, which was different. And when I heard it, I'm like, "Oh man! Of course, now I'm a kid. Now, I'm, you know, so I'm trying to do that kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work when you're a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> you just don't have the the capability at that age to yeah. do that kind of stuff. But I was still trying, and I was still working on it, right? So then you come up to 1990, and I heard Garth Brooks. Mm-hmm. It was a familiar sound.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Music wasn't. Like the, but his voice, yeah, his the his vocal thing that he did, kind of a whiny, like you know, um, he had that kind of little bit of wine to some of his stuff, sure, which was different and cool. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of guys weren't doing that, but it was real familiar. Then the more I got into who this guy was. And then, of course, here come all the specials and here come all the stuff about Garth Brooks and who he, you know, he's this, this thing that blows up on stage, right? So then you're, you're just like, mesmerized by this thing. And his music was was the music that I could relate to somehow. It wasn't. I was a kid. Right. I was, like, what, eighth grade? Yeah. Something in ninth grade, something like that. But it was, it was in that time period of... I'm I'm growing up, I'm becoming a man, and, mm-hmm. you know, why wouldn't, you know, uh, that summer be something that I could relate to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but you, you see what I'm saying? So I'm like, yeah. you know, if tomorrow never comes and that kind of thing, that's just a deal. And, and so I, rem- I remember that, I remember that, but, you know, I remember it being so familiar yeah, it just it was easy to listen to. Um, and then came Joe Diffie, and and I I just I remember hearing home, and I was like this warm voice, mm-hmm. and it was so big. Yeah. It sounded big to me then. Even he whined a little bit, and he did the thing. He would do the the drop thing, and he would do this thing, and I was I would listen, and I would listen, and I would listen. And I was like, how do I sound that warm? How do I get my voice to sound that warm? Practice and practice and practice and practice. And I wore out Joe Diffie tapes. And I was like trying to sing like him because I was like, that's the guy I want to sound like. I want to sound like that. That had everything from the time I started singing that had the enunciation, you know, to to enunciate my words and not eat them and not, you know what I mean? Yeah. It had the high notes, the Steve Perry kind of thing that I wanted to do.
1: Mm-hmm. And it had
0: it had some some smooth tones and things like that that I heard from George Strait. It was familiar, like Garth Brooks, mm-hmm. but it was Joe Diffie, and it was to me it was perfect. Yeah, you know what I mean. I heard mm-hmm. it and it was perfect. Listening to Ronnie Milsap as a kid, he was doing it all before Diffie. Sure. And I loved Ronnie Millsap from a little kid. It was one of my first concerts ever. Mm-hmm. Me too. I got to go see Ronnie Millsap it was one of my first concerts yeah. ever. Um, it was at Worlds of Fun. And it was awesome. Yeah. And he was awesome. His band was all. Awesome. It was so good. Anyway, but... Um, After Joe, anything that really got your... Oh, so now, listen. There were so many... There's so many artists that I could say influenced me in a little bit. Sure. Uh, Mark Chestnut. I love Mark Chestnut, dude. love Chestnut. Clay Walker, huge Clay Walker fan. I think Clay's great.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, great singer, nice guy. Of course, Craig Morgan. I mm-hmm. love Craig. Uh, Craig's a great songwriter and, and definitely influenced me musically. I think later on in my life, I mm-hmm. think Craig, when I heard Craig Morgan music, I thought, that's the kind of music I want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I heard his, you know, um, Almost Home mm-hmm. back in 2000 and. That's six, maybe. Yeah, something something like like that. Uh, When I heard that, I thought, oh, man, this guy, that's a great, it's a real country. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In a time where we were kind of getting away from country music a little bit, even then, you know, uh, more pop style or sounding country. uh, And Craig comes out with Almost Home, and it's like, oh, here we go again. We're good. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's good again, right? I know I've talked a lot about my influences, and we'll get we'll get to you too. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna just talk about me, but uh, so then we got to go back though a little bit. Actually, you know what? We'll go back in a minute. So go from go from where you were, you know.
1: Uh, um, okay, with well, Garth Brooks. So, off Garth Brooks. Yeah. Um, one of my first. We could, okay, I'll say this. Um, I grew up in a in a house that was pretty. Fairly religious house, you know, right. you yep. know, so I didn't, not that I wasn't allowed, you know, I couldn't be like, Hey, uh, mom, can you get me this, uh, this Megadeth album? You right. know, <laughs> you yeah. know, so it was just like, I was pretty limited on what I could get access to, but, right. Um, I got the Leonard Skinner, was it Skinner's inner? It's like their greatest hits. Oh yeah. Thing right. That they put out. Yeah. And, uh, I would sit there and listen to that thing like on my Walkman while I was, you know, the little cassette tape while yeah. I was mowing my lawn and all this kind of stuff. That was like some of my first like introduction to like rock guitar playing mm-hmm. type stuff, you right. know, but it was still like kind of country-ish, but it was rock, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there after that, I was actually, funny story behind this one. Um, There's some guys in high school, they would always talk about Jimi Hendrix, yeah. whatever. you know. Would've. So I went down and stayed for a few weeks down with uh, Daryl, down in when he was going to Pitt State. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, hey, you got to come with me to this uh, flea market over here. They have like bins and bins of these like used CDs for super cheap. So I went there and I got this Jimi Hendrix CD for five bucks. <laughs> it was the the ultimate experience. Is like a greatest oh, okay. right, right, a CD right. thing. And I remember listening to that thing on the way home, and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. So,
0: so think, yeah. Talk about like just that guy, Jimi Hendrix, his tone. Yeah.
1: Playing backwards.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and probably, or was it upside down? Was it was upside down. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It was, it was upside, upside down. down. Upside down. But it was strung correctly, but just, you yeah. know, upside yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Then the things that he had. His foot switches and mm-hmm. pedals or amps, I don't yeah. think there were, there wasn't that many things that he could really use, you know, back then there mm-hmm. wasn't like a big, now some pedal boards are four foot long and yeah. two foot wide and their the guy's got 47 pedals on there and he's stomping four of them just to get one sound. Right. Where, you know, back then he just had a thing and I, to make that sound mm-hmm. with very minimal stuff. Yep. Because most of it comes out of your hand. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: yep. you know what I mean? Yo, the yeah. tone for sure. He was a genius. absolute crazy. genius. Crazy. But after that, through Jimi Hendrix, I kind of discovered Stevie Ray Vaughn. Oh, wow. And that one was huge. I was the biggest. Like, whenever I first got my first electric guitar, Stevie Ray Vaughn was the man. Yeah. So it's like. So you so, could play Pride and Joy 7,000 oh, times. I could play all those songs. <laughs> like, I mean. You know, just nuts. So so that was, did you
0: do you hear any anything when I when I hear Jimi Hendrix play and I hear Stevie Ray Von play, some of the tones, if you listen to him, go back and do that. Listen mm-hmm. to some of the tones. They're
1: exactly the same. Yeah.
0: It's almost like Stevie Ray Von just said, Hey, I'll just take his rig and I'm yeah. gonna play my
1: Texas. Well Stevie Texas was a huge Jimmy fan. Huge Well you can Jimmy hear fan. it in his yeah. tone of his Well, he's guitar. covered several of his songs. Oh, yeah. So I mean well, sure, you know, is there sure. But, uh, I mean, he does a, a rendition of Voodoo Child that's mm-hmm. awesome. I mean, <laughs> yeah. does, a, uh, I I mean, I thought that, uh, Third Stone from the Sun, I thought that was a Stevie song because I saw it live at the Elma Combo and he yeah, just, yeah. I mean, he all but lit his guitar on fire. <laughs> I mean, it was just nuts. He yeah. just took the thing and just like threw it at the end of the deal, you yeah. know, it's just. I was just like, dude, this is this guy's insane. Yeah. You know, he's playing these Jimi Hendrix songs, so he must be legit. So yeah. the more I dug into that, I was just like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And uh, as I was getting into high school, I started discovering, like, all the old Metallica albums. And, dude, that just, like, took my brain way over here mm-hmm. onto to this track and, and, you know, just yeah. kind of uh, not really realizing I was taking, like, you know, Ricky Skaggs, Metallica, like just all this stuff, and into a single filter, you know, and just, yep. you know, that's what you get. But. I
0: wonder if you can. I wonder if you can distort your guitar and have some cool over overdrives and tones, and play like Country Boy, <laughs> and see if it sound anything different. I mean, it's obviously going to sound different, but would it would it bring it to a different thing? Would it make it different as Good. far as you know? I mean, it just, it'd be crazy. Yeah. Kind of cool. Just to try it one time, just to see. And I'm sure you may have done that, but.
1: Well, we play, uh, my band, we play a cover of Devil Went Down to Georgia mm-hmm. on guitar and stuff. And and uh, coming out of the the devil part, where it's just distorted guitar, I mm-hmm. play the intro to Hummingbird. No, nobody knows yeah. what it is, but yeah. <laughs> Eric Skaggs Hummingbird. But uh, And then out of Metallica stuff, I start getting into Merle Haggard. You know, so it's, like, circling back, yeah. you know. Um Then Merle Haggard. Then I kind of, uh, you know, I say just Merle Haggard, but it's Merle, Whalen, sure. you know, just yeah. All, yeah, yeah. all that general stuff. Merle Haggard was the main one. Sure. Um, And then I discovered Red Volkart, the guitar player. And, r- and r- like, just r- the way he plays, man, it just took my mind over here. Just like, dude, you can do all this quirky stuff on guitar, and, you know, it's just it just worked for me and then lastly probably the latest thing that i've really been influenced by is uh, it's uh, like dave grohl slash foo fighters yeah but uh dave grohl cuz he's i mean just all the movies he's put out like all the documentaries yeah. like all the oh, yeah the the one man band stuff yep. is is really big for me cuz i i did that i i put out a uh, an album one man band thing here not too long 2018 I think mm-hmm. it's like 8 songs country some like kind of blues some rock and right. then the last song is a rap song about Reese's Peanut Butter Cups <laughs> which is <laughs> stupid because that's the most popular one on there Right, but. right and I did miss one in there Van Halen Van Halen was huge. Right. Like, I'd say Metallica slash Van Halen because right about that time I was discovering that guitar, you know.
0: You know, I think as a guitar player, I'm not a guitar player by any means, and I think as a guitar player, I think Eddie Van Halen would be a guy that most people would go, yeah. I mean, without saying, because Mm -hmm. he he invented a a sound and a – with the tapping and the whole thing – what he did there, people emulate to this day. Every all guitar players do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, well, his playing was so much more than just that finger tapping stuff. That's what I'm saying. He yeah. had he again intellectual. He was mm-hmm. he was very cerebral playing. You yeah. know, uh,
1: he, he, was he was our generation's uh, Jimi Hendrix.
0: Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, you know, so as a singer, I kind of stopped with the diffy thing. You mm-hmm. know. Now you got to go back. For me, I got to go back and and go. Okay, I saw my very first concert that I remember was Ronnie Millsap, and I watched Ronnie Millsap as an entertainer. Mm-hmm. Now Ronnie Millsap played piano mm-hmm. and is blind. Mm-hmm. I watched him jump off his piano yeah. and walk around the stage like he could see. Yeah, he got up and walked out to the front of the stage. Yeah. and was singing, and then walked. To the left and and the girls came out and was singing with him. And then he walked over and he walked back to his piano and sat back down like he knew no one helped him. Yeah. He just found it and yep. he sat back down and started playing and singing again. And then different part of the show, he's climbed up on his piano and was standing on it and jumped off of it. You're blind, dude. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I saw that guy entertain people. And I thought, because I was one of them, and I'm just like, oh, so awesome. Yeah. You know, I saw Garth Brooks live. And what he did, I thought, oh, my God. At any point in that show,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he could have blown people just like flicking a booger, and we would have fell down. You know what I mean? He had everybody in that arena in the palm of his hand. And he could have just started flipping us, and we would have felt. Yeah, it, it was the it, it was the it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I've never felt that ever with any show I've ever seen. That's why he's the man. Still, I I guess people said that Elvis would do that. Elvis had that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I never obviously never got to see Elvis. I was two when he died. So I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean. I never saw him. Um, you know, I've seen some great concerts. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, Clay Walker was really good in concert, and you know, I've seen a lot of great concerts. I Watched George Strait. I didn't know what to expect. It's George Strait. You know, you at that point, I didn't know. I didn't know that he stood there and played and sang his songs, and you were gonna be perfectly okay with that for two hours. You know, I didn't know. I didn't know if he was swinging from ropes like Garth. Or <laughs> I didn't know. Yeah. You know, um, saw George Strait, and I'm like. He is literally standing there. Every once in a while, step back, smile, wave, tip his hat, nod, maybe walk over here by this guy, walk over here by this guy, walk back to the microphone and sing
1: mm-hmm. for two hours. Yeah. And you can't get enough of it. Yep. Right? Yep. A different kind of showmanship there. It's a different thing. You are drawn to him mm-hmm.
0: and everything that he does. I got to watch Chris Ledoux. I got to perform with Chris Ledoux uh, several times over uh, my career and, and uh, open for him and stuff and watch him from the side of the stage, watch him work. Um, like a Garth Brooks show. Mm-hmm. It's very high energy. Sure. Garth stole a lot of the things from Chris. Yeah. You know, and he, he even, um, he, he'll admit to that. But watching Chris do it, it was like, wow. Yeah. This is cool, man. Yeah. This is cool. Um, I, I think the entertainer part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've I seen Journey one time, and it was a couple years ago. But watching the 1981 Houston show, watching Steve Perry, I watched that guy reach through generations of time and grab me and entertain me while I was watching TV. He he was a great showman. He was a great entertainer. Yeah. You know? No doubt. Um, You know, back in the day, look, I don't care who you are. I don't care where... If you've been entertaining people since 1990. Let's just say 90. We'll cut it there. Make math easy. Uh up until 2000. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you were anywhere in the 90s to 2000 2001 and you say that Garth Brooks didn't influence your live show
1: in some
0: way, you're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. Yeah. I remember one night we were playing. This is fun. We were playing up in Des Moines at the Super Toad Entertainment Center. They had a mechanical bull off the side of the stage, and uh, you tried to do the mechanical bull. I fight. did.
1: I did. <laughs> I did it.
0: I did it. <laughs> I uh, somebody asked the, during the week. They were like, "Hey, can you do that um, Billy Billy Joel song? You may be right. Yeah." I said we're going to end our set with this. Our last set. This is how we're going to end. Or this is how we're going to end our whole event here. And they had a DJ play in between and all that. And then when we were done, the DJ would start for the last hour of the night. The DJ played. So our last set, last song, you know, yeah. you know. Uh I told the mechanical bull guy, I said, listen, don't fire it up, don't throw me, but make it good. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna hold on for everything I got, but make it good. But if you see me falling off, shut her down, you know. He said, Okay, he and and uh I can't remember. Um, I said, Do you have a glove that I can wear? And he was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess, right? He's thinking like, so I see this whole thing playing in my mind. Like, what would I want to do? I said, you throw me that glove. When I look When I look at you, I said, when that's our last song, you be ready. He's like, I'll be ready. I said, no one can be on the bull when we start our last song because I'm going to jump on and we'll do the thing and I'll get off. And then you know, I said, but when I look at you, I want you to throw me the glove. He's like, okay, whatever. Right. So we had it all planned out. So here we go. We go in a song, start the song. Um, we had a lot of people. There was, you know, I would say 100, at least 100 people packed around the front of the stage, you know, into it, doing what – they were into what we were doing, right? So I look at him, and he throws me a glove. You know, I have a microphone on the stand, and I'm putting the glove on, right, while I'm singing. And then uh, I take it off, and people
1: are like, you know, like, what are you doing? You're putting a leather glove on, Right. Like he's about to do some Michael Jackson. Yeah. Stuff dun, over here. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. And then
0: and so, and then I'm like, I just run and I jump off the front of the stage, hit the thing, jumped up on the bull, slid up, looked at him, and he wow whizzed that thing four or five times. And I was like, almost, I mean, it was close. He almost pitched me. He stops it. I slide off. He throw I, you know, grab the microphone. And I, you may be right, I may be crazy, right? People lost their mind. They thought that was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and, you know, of course, the, you know, the, I thanked everybody for coming out, blah, 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 or the Dixie Galaxy, blah, 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 Thank you for coming, ah, big trash can thing. Ah, DJ. Boom, 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 playing the dance music, mm-hmm. right? And... uh I was like, "Oh, I was so cool!" Right, thinking we did some work, yeah, yeah. Anyway, any, so influences again. My influences start as a singer uh, early, early as far back as I can remember with my dad, all the way up to when when I heard Joe Diffie the first mm-hmm. time, um, you know, and then everything in between. You talked about Metallica and and Jimi Hendrix, and you know, the same kind of thing. I, I was just doing it. You were doing it for the guitar parts. You were like, oh, I want to learn how to sound like that. Mm-hmm. How does he get that tone? How yeah. do they get that sound? Yeah. You know, what are they playing? What kind of guitar is that? You know what I mean? How can I get that sound? Um, anyway, all right. Well, you have anything else you got to, anything else you want to talk about? Or anything or Um, any
1: not really. I think uh next week is supposed to be our season finale. It is season
0: finale next week. I think we're gonna have a couple people on. Yeah. Uh we're gonna have talk talk to some people, uh, maybe a listener. We're gonna have a listener on maybe. And uh yeah, maybe have somebody else on who's been on before. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um but I think that's it. I think we're done for today. I think we're good. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, thanks for listening. Uh, with Tate Stevens and AJ Cronk, as always, you know, we uh, we do this thing uh, for you guys, not for us. Um, no, not really. We do it for us. We're lying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, make sure you subscribe um, to our YouTube, um, social media stuff. Make sure you like Five-star ratings and leave us a review, especially on Apple Podcast. Um, And as always, thanks for listening. We out. Ain't this a sweet life? Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Want to ask a question for a future episode? Well, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter with hashtag SweetLifePodcast. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay up to date on the latest news and information for the Sweet Life Podcast. And we'll see you next time.